Hey, this is Frank from Sniper's Hide, and we got a special Everyday Sniper podcast here with you. I'm at Machine Gun Tours in Lakewood, Colorado, with Alan Samuels, and I've gone back a long time with Alan. Uh, we just went out and shot the SIG stuff together. We'll, we'll, we're going we're gonna to catch you guys all up so you understand what, what's going on. But I, I want to introduce Alan and let Alan tell you about him a little bit. So, Alan, great to have you on the podcast with us. Frank, thanks for having me back. I feel like this is a repeat performance the last time I hung out with you. We got to go shoot our integrally suppressed Ruger Precision Rifle, and, and you got to put that up on uh, on Sniper's Hide TV. But um, this was kind of a this was a, a roundabout story <laughs> yeah. how we got here. Um, the uh, I was actually invited out to SIG for one of their SIG chalk events as a master dealer. Uh, machine gun tours was invited out so i was out in new hampshire they kind of you know opened the kimono you could say showed us all the cool stuff and we got to shoot all the guns that they made except for the new belt fed that they're not telling anybody about for the military (laughs) although i kept asking questions about that and they kept going why does this guy know about the new belt fed machine gun then someone goes hey that's the guy who owns machine gun tours and he probably pays attention right he pays attention to machine guns but they were talking about, you know, all the new stuff that SIG had, the new tread rifles, their inexpensive Saint Killer, and then the BDX, you know, rifle, you know, scope, scope system yeah. with range finder and everything. And I kept thinking, oh, well, we're here for a couple of days in New Hampshire. We're touring the factory. We're going to the range. We're shooting a class at SIG Academy. We're going to shoot the crap out of these BDXs, and I'm going to get some real hands-on BDX experience. I'm going to play with a rangefinder. I'm going to play with some, you know, a partner, you know, yeah. spotter sniper situation. We'll do all that sort of stuff, and I'll shoot on some cool new SIG guns, right? That didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> when Tom uh, and SIG uh, hears this podcast, he's probably not going to really like me, but... Uh, well, but you got to use it. We got to play with everything. I mean, and, and that's... It, they got a lot to do. And, and the funny thing in, in going back with the machine gun stuff... Well, back, well, I think Kiana was 13, 15. We came out and oh, shot yeah. with you. We did the machine guns because Alan rents machine guns for people. So you can come here. If you're in Colorado, you get a lot of guys from Vail and stuff. Oh, they down. come from all over the world. I mean, we've got people that come from freaking, uh, we've got a group that comes every two years from Australia and from outside of London and, you know, in the UK because obviously they can't get access to the type of guns that we have from rent here. And you're five minutes from my house. Yeah, I'm so, down the street. Right. So you I'm were in my Frank's first transfers when I did uh, my uh, uh, suppressors. And weren't you actually one of my first customers before the store even opened? Oh, yeah, because I used to go to your house. Yeah, you used to come to my house yeah. when we had the FFL up in the mountains. And then, like, you were – I, like, unlocked the door for you before we were open for business. You bought, like, some Magpul stuff or something. Yeah, Remember yeah, that? Yep. Like, you came in. You were like, hey – this is your new store, and you were like, I need this. I was like, well, um, okay. I'm not open. Here you go. <laughs> Here you go. I'll sell it to you. It's you. You know what I mean? I think the only reason I opened the door is because I saw it was you. I looked out. I was like, who the hell's here? We're not open yet. Yeah. But no, that's – because Alan, Alan jumps into – he does the handgun carving. He's he's considered one of, the, one, one of the grandfathers of three-gun. He's been doing this stuff a long time. He's, he's, he's well-known in the handgun carving as well as the machine gun shoot, you, the Knob Creeks and stuff. You're, you're a, a staple there. But – um. You also shoot like competition dynamics, precision rifle stuff, and you've shot Pawnee. We, we remember right. We did we've shot spot. together. In you Pawnee. did the RPR, the the, the, the uh, integrally suppressed RPR. You did the offhand shot. Yeah, remember? you thought you thought I was kind of crazy that day. Yeah. I think you everyone. It was a. It was like uh, what did we have to do? How it was many? a ninety yard on a like a two inch diamond. Right, yeah. But it's between the crook of a tree. Right. It was like this, and it was like an off. You did it offhand because. You, um, you had your rifle attached to a tripod, 
but you couldn't use the tripod, tripod for the stage. stage. So you picked the whole we'll thing up, up. you shot and hit the target, <laughs> and then put the tripod down and finished I it. think people were looking at me like, that dude is a crazy dude. Like, So here's an integrally suppressed RPR with a tripod attached to it, and Alan's offhand shooting a two-inch little freaking... At 90 yards, and I got the hit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I might not have hit the 400-yarder after that, but I remember I made that hit, and people were, like, looking at me like... Yeah, you're a rock star. That was a George Costanza moment, like, gotta go home, I'm out of here. There's a famous... This is a... There's a video that I have up on YouTube where the people in my squad literally look at me with, like, complete, like, that was impossible what you just did. I was shooting uh, the heavy metal or the He-Man um, three-gun world championship Denise and JJ's match down in Raton. And this is back when I was a lot heavier and I had a very... Yeah, lost, he lost a lot of weight. Man. I had a very large belly, which didn't allow me on a roof stage to, to lay properly and get the right angle to shoot these targets that were out to like... I think the furthest one is maybe 550 or something. So here I am, I've got a, you know, a semi-auto gas gun in 308... And everyone else is taking all these creative positions on the roof and they're shooting off of the roof. And I, I walk up and I go, hey, what's the what's the required shooting position for the stage? I just want to verify before we go. Both feet must be touching the roof. Okay. I, I, I go, exactly. I go, <laughs> I did the, the RO looks at me and he's like, well, how are you going to lay? I was like, not. He's like, what do you mean you're not? I go, watch this. You know, that's <laughs> the redneck's last words. I load my mag, make ready. Mm, the buzzer goes off. I proceeded to shoot. It was like four or six targets out to like 550 offhand with an AR-10. You know, what am I? I think it was. Yeah, you have that rich. I remember the AR-10 yeah. you used. And I, and, I, and I think I only fired like three or four extra shots. All offhand, unsupported, no bipod, tripod, no nothing. But my feet were both touching the roof. <laughs> and I unload and show clear and I walk back. And I think like even the RO is like, holy shit. Like he just like goes like, what the hell was that? I was like, I couldn't lay on that roof. Right, I, right. Because I used to be too big. Now I can prone out on a roof. I just, we were laughing yesterday. Alan, Alan lost more weight than I weigh. That is true. Yeah. I basically was giving Frank a piggyback ride plus his rifle and his rucksack mm -hmm. for the last 10 plus years of my life. So I've removed you off my back. The monkey is now off my <laughs> back and I move a lot faster and I run a lot faster. It's, yeah. it's definitely helped me in, uh, in three gun and competitive pistol shooting and all the other stuff I do. No, sure. no you can definitely, uh, I mean, cause that's, that's athletic. That's quick. You gotta yeah. move around. You, you had knee work done too, didn't you? You had a lot of, I'm like the bionic man here. I had, yeah, my knee was done, and I got it done at Stedman, where all the pro athletes from around the world come up mm -hmm. and bail. And that's when I had the good old discussion with the doctor, which it was like, I'm, that's before I turned 50. So they were at, they were saying, you're encroaching on 50, you ought to lose some weight. Um, <laughs> you think? Or you're going to die early. And I said, doc, but will I leave a good-looking corpse? He's like, that doesn't really count if you're dead, you know? Mm -hmm. So so that's kind of where I got, the, I started with my left knee, got that rebuilt, and uh too many years of playing football as a young kid. They told me in one to ten years, I will actually need an artificial knee, knee because I have no cartilage behind there the kneecap. But that's just getting old. It is. And, and so you, you, you called me last week and you're like, hey, dude, we want to go to the range. We got the SIG guy here. We want to shoot the BDX. And I'm like, cool. I haven't played with it. Yeah, that was. So it was, it was a no-brainer, man. Let's go play with the BDX. But um, we had a flight issue. Yeah. And like the best day on the planet we go so we go out yesterday and we got adam from sig here uh we got the the three to ten 
with the accompanying laser, right? Which is the fourteen hundred, right? Is right. that the, the fourteen? Then we had the uh, the four to fourteen Teen. scope with the eighteen hundred laser. laser, and then we had the six to twenty with the twenty four hundred BDX. Right, the big. So we had all three of the setups on the line, which was awesome to be able to play with. Now, caveat before we kind of get too deep into it, so you guys understand, I would consider these hunting scopes and systems can you cross over yes they're limited to 800 yards except for the 2400 so the um the 3 to 10 in the 4 to 14 are 800 yard limits on the system the 24 abs can go as far as you want but you have to link it to a kestrel right right so that and and, but we shot all of them but we get out to the range (laughs) and we had 12 to 18 mile an hour win or 20 it was 12 i to actually one of the times when you guys were in the connex filming i walked back outside with the kestrel and got some 24 mile an hour wind readings because i kept standing out there just listening to the kestrel go with the impeller cranking but and i've been telling everybody on the podcast i'm like dude we got wind you don't understand we got wind and 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 you've seen it now we i think despite the conditions and what we had uh, i mean the 4 to 14 you had set up on your SCAR. Your SCAR is insanely accurate, but you drive it well. You drive a gas gun excellent. Um, so we had the SCAR. Then we had a Bagara uh, 6.5 Creed, just the, the, the HMR-14 stock rifle. Stock rifle, uh, yeah. Nothing crazy with it. So we had a good representation. We had a, a 5.56 for the 3 to 10. We had the 308 for the 4 to 14, and we had a 6.5 Creed. And we got to play with the system and see with it. And coming from uh, both of us kind of new with this as far as looking at it, I, I think we learned a lot with that system and how it operates. So go ahead and give your feedback. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean I'll mean, i be honest with you guys. I, I kind of felt like we were playing with magic. Like, I swear to God, like, the fact that we could use the app on our phones tied bluetooth to a scope to a rangefinder and kind of get a ballistic solution that was pretty darn close yeah it, it was and we didn't true them i mean so we, we, we yeah we i mean there was no sense in truing them up I and mean, the winds like frank said i mean the winds yesterday right. were absolutely batshit crazy i, I, I mean, I mean we, were, we were on it from from 200 to 500 no no issue at all right. they were dead on Six, we had a little struggle, but it was the wind because it was more than that. Elevation was good at six. 800, we trued it. And I, I really liked the true because we just adjusted one of them. The truing feature is plain language now. Mm-hmm. Were you hitting high? Were you hitting low? How many? And it's yeah, like, was it inches, right. MOA, like Mills, whatever, whatever. Yeah, whatever you use, you could just go, I was four inches high at 400. And you put that in and it fixes it. And it corrects it. Yeah. Like you back it in. The problem with us is that it was harder for us to true just because of the crazy winds and and the gusting. It wasn't, I mean, if it would have at least been solid, yeah, Yeah. solid wind at 20, we could have countered. But I kept trying to shoot watching the darn... Because here's what it is, guys. It's a duplex reticle in there, but it's got an overlay and you can see it. I'll have pictures. I took a lot of pictures. We took video. I'm going to put it up this week. I got a bunch of stuff going on on Monday, Tuesday, but then I'll put these videos up. It, it's it's a duplex reticle that has lights, so there's sort of like this electronic overlay you can almost see in the in the scope. And when you set the system up, and the system's really versatile, we were just talking about it because you can set up to six dots, I think, yeah. and it lights a dot up. 
And basically, you just hold that elevation of the dot, and then you can put wind in, but the wind doesn't, it's not a carrot like a HUD. It's actually more of a reference point. You have two reference points, so you are holding a little bit out in space. However, those lines come across, and they give you reference points to use with those electronic, the, the, the electronic um, reticle part of it. Right. You can actually see them, and I was using them, and I was using them pretty successful once I figured it out. But what it is is the dot moves down the duplex. So, you know, at, at 200, it's just off the main cross here. You go to 500, and it's down, you know, three-eighths of an inch yeah, lower. Yeah, significantly lower. Right, and then you hold that dot, and then you got to deal with the wind. But, I mean, I, it, it was bright. It was easy to use. It was visible. Now, talk about you did make an initial I, I, mistake. I, I made a, I, I made a, very, uh, a very funny mistake. Like, I'm sitting here, you know, with Adam and, and uh, you know, from SIG and, and Frank, and so I'm on my SCAR 17, and I'm just like, all right. And I said, well, all right, we, we put in the, what, we gave a wind average into the BDX. Yeah, we did 15 miles we an hour. We did 15 miles per hour or whatever it was, left to right. And so I'm like, all right, I need to hold on the left dot on the duplex reticle. And everyone's like, yep, yep, yep. And in my head, I'm sitting there, I'm looking through the reticle, and I'm like going... Well, all right. I guess I just pulled the actual yeah. left dot. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't, you know, use a grid system and come down to where the dot intersects. Because there's three dots. Yeah. There's, there's there's two wind dots, a left and right. It right. gives you both at the same time. Time, yeah. And well, you can actually turn that on and off. It has yeah. symmetric, like there's a dot. Like I noticed so in the So it only turns the one you're going to yeah, use. Yeah, you can go just from left to right and only put the one dot. We were doing the symmetric ones where it gave us the wind call on the left or the right side. Yep. Is three dots appeared, right. and then uh, there actually that app has a ton of functionality in it, and you can do everything. The app links to the the first you tr you you bond the app to the laser, then you bond the app to the scope. scope, right? And the scope just looks like a regular scope. Turrets are capped. The whole thing it looks like a hunting scope. It's a nice scope. It's got a good sight picture to it. And you, you bond them. Then you pair the two together. And it, it's so neat because we can have all three of these scopes on the line and they don't miscommunicate. Because what they'll tell you is like, okay, on this scope, set your illumination to power setting one. That tells the software that's yours and it goes by serial number. Yeah, you can always and, read the serial right. off the scope to make sure you've got the right one. And but we just labeled it. our profiles, like SCAR 17, 556, Bergara, right. 65, Creedmoor. So we but knew. it knows the difference. Oh, yeah. You can have 10 guys on the line right. with this system running, and it knows your stuff versus somebody else's. It won't cross, like, it won't spill into the other oh, yeah. guy or hijack somebody else's stuff. You can't go in and, and change your buddy's dope. Right. Because yeah. you're a Bluetooth pair. Well, my favorite is, like, you're up on glass. Adam's sitting there with the rangefinder, and I know he sent the ballistic solution to my scope because the lights blink in the reticle yep. to say, hey, he just ranged that 560-yard target. Boom, I now have the 560-yard firing solution. We would wait for that blink before we actually got on target and engaged. Yep, exactly. So it, that, it gives you it, indicators. Yeah. There's actually a lot. Think about this. Duplex reticle, three dots, illuminated dots. And then you have a, a little tiny indicator light on the magnification ring of the scope. All this stuff is communicating to you in different ways. It's indicating when you've uploaded the, um, the, uh, the, the solution. It's flashing like Alan says and going, hey, 
Solutions oh. uploaded. And don't forget Levelplex. Yep, the because Levelplex. The Levelplex, which used to be last year's big excitement from SIG, the fact that you had these little triangles in the corner that would light up if you were a little canted left or right. Right. Now, you basically, when you have no lights, you know that you're truly level. Yep, so and that, you can set them, too. Yeah. You can set the sensitivity of the level from like a half degree all the way to three degrees, I think it is, and you can set that sensitivity for you. And like the other neat feature for hunters, because this is a hunting system, guys. Yeah. Can you cross over? Yeah, but it's a hunting system. The energy. You oh, yeah. The kinetic energy. Remember, we were shooting 800. And yeah, and it was telling at. you. You were getting like a three flash that was saying, hey, you don't have enough kinetic energy to make this shot at 800 right, yards. Right, because we put a random kinetic energy in for like an elk. And yeah. we said, hey, to kill an elk, you want this much kinetic energy. And so Adam put that into the system. Well, I was underpowered at 800 Under. yards, and the dot's flashing at me. It's saying, don't take this shot, shot because you don't have enough foot-pounds of energy to make the kill shot. Right. And it, how neat is that? I mean, honestly, like, what we did yesterday really lets me see where the future is going with this. You know, I was joking. It was, it's not fire and forget like a missile, but I mean, like, it's taking a lot of the guesswork yep. and a lot of the Kentucky windage and holdovers. It, it was and, close. The wind was not that far no, off. No, it was we had, I mean, don't get me wrong. When you're gusting from 12 to 20, you, you, trying to nail it in the middle is so hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it does show that the shooter has a, a certain element of it. But if you're out there in a, in a four, five, six mile an hour wind, this is a no-brainer oh, yeah. for an animal. We need to go back and do this in a, yeah. in a five to ten as a, a max wind. wind a right? Yeah, wind. normal wind. <laughs> Not that crazy shit we had. Yesterday was insane. But um, one of the things that I thought was, was, was truly... Well, I thought they really, I mean, just one of the things that I think that they could work on a little bit for me was the fact that because our wind was so great yesterday, when I was making like the 500 yard shot and I had it truly zoomed all the way up to max magnification, my target was almost out of my entire field of view in the scope because of the wind holdover. So I'm literally shooting, all I can see is like in the left corner, a tiny top of the target that I'm engaging, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, maybe with some, you know, lattice work or some kind that of... That was with this 556. Five, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, man, I can't even see what I'm shooting at. I'm putting it, I'm bracketing it in the bottom left corner of my scope and hoping I'm going to hit. But, you know, 20 mile an hour wins, I guess. Well, yeah, but a 223 is not the best freaking situation to be playing with yeah we quit shooting a lot of the 223 we we were we were struggling even at 300 mm -hmm. making hits in that wind but i mean you get this is a paired system a scope and the laser work together with the free app yeah and i think that's like such because when he told me the the retail price oh, the of price stuff, on it how ridiculous is that it starts at what 700 900 and 1500 right. bucks yeah I mean, it's like you get a scope and, and a, a rangefinder. I know that's what I was like. What do I sell rangefinders for? I used to sell, you know, a decent, inexpensive rangefinder at least for three to four, right? right? You know what I mean? Well, you weren't getting a decent scope for another three to four. You know, you were going to pay, you know, a thousand for the scope plus three. You know, so you were. It, it seemed like before in my past, it would be a fifteen hundred minimum for, you know, yeah. for a scope and a rangefinder. Now we're doing the whole package for under a grand. Right. Seven, nine, <laughs> I and 15. Like, I was like, I mean, for us, the guys listening to the Everyday Sniper podcast here, you want the 2400 BDX, the, right. the 6 to 20. So you're going to spend 1500 bucks. But you're getting a scope and, and a, a laser, range. a good laser. Dude, I picked that laser up, the 2400, the BDX. 
I know that the AB2400 works well. I have it. I got it from you. Yeah, you got that from – you were my first customer. We both – I got one and you got number two. Yes. I, I was in the car yesterday. Yeah. We never used it. And, and so I know how well that SIG laser works. I think the SIG2400 is the best bang for the buck commercial laser right now. For what you pay to what you get, it's probably the best laser out there. Well, they have the 2400 BDX now. It doesn't have the weather and all that stuff in, but it links to a Kestrel. True, right. And so you're, it's kind of, it, it, it unmarries you to AB. So if you're a guy who doesn't want AB, it'll unmarry you from it. But it still uses AB light right. in the software, so you can use it. I pick that up, handheld. I go to my 1425-yard target. I tap it right on, like instant. It's, it's got it. And it's like fourteen twenty five. I'm like, how do you beat that for fifteen hundred bucks a laser and a scope? Yeah, no, I mean the price. The the thing that got me really excited about it when I first saw them when they when when they talked about them when Sig came out here to talk to mm-hmm. us, they brought uh you know their marketing people and you know showed up in the store. Yeah. And they're like, hey, we got this new thing coming out. Do you want to buy some? You know, of course, I was a little hesitant because I was like, "Does this really work?" You're not a hunter crowd here. Yeah, and we and we don't like you said we don't sell a lot to the hunting crowd. And I was like, "Yeah, this looks like a real hunting." And then they hit me with the price, and then I went, "Oh, I gotta have these because yeah. honestly, we can't pair up other products that don't have that integration. Like selling separate pieces of a mm-hmm. rangefinder and scope, we're not going to get to those price points." And and for you. I mean, honestly, on the three-gun side, you probably can cross over because you can set six dots at six different ranges and just go down the line on the dots from near to far. That was one of the things I honestly really wanted to do because we were at your range and mm-hmm. you have such a plethora of steel targets at various distances. Yeah. If we didn't have that evil wind, I was going to pretend that we were at a three-gun match and I was making you know a six-target engagement from one position. And could I actually you know make the wind call and make all of those hits with one shot, one round, and make that happen? I still want at some point we'll we, go we, out. Yeah, we're going to bring your crew out. We need we need to go do that because yeah, I definitely think you know. It's, it's definitely geared towards the hunter market, and I understand that right now. It's not ready for the precision people, but I think you could definitely have some crossover in three-gun. I mean, I'm one of those people. I would give it a go. Well, I would put it 10? on. Yeah, Why that, not? that three to ten. And we saw yesterday what I was – I mean, in in those 15 to 20-mile-an-hour wins, I was very proud of myself to make three in a row at 500 with a SCAR 17, which is not your most accurate you know, right. gun. Yeah, you're an off-the-shelf SCAR. You're not right. playing a factory 168. Yeah. You're not going yeah, in. That, that, yeah, that's what it was. We were shooting SIG Premium 168, what was it, OTM or whatever yeah. it is, with their scope. We had a Surefire can on it. That was our big excitement, you know, mm-hmm. and nothing – I mean, fact. Factory barrel and a surefire muzzle brake, whoop de poot. You know, it was nothing special. And I was like, "Well, I just did that." And you know, you guys were all making hits. At I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, we had to we had to pretty much take the five five six and just retire it for the day because it was a waste of ammo. Yeah, two and win. three, it was fine. Yeah, because you weren't holding off the plate. But I mean, once we got past that four, and my four hundred yard targets are too small. I had the big one at five that right. you were playing with, that but there was, was no way a five five six in that wind was going to hit my four hundred yard. No target. way. I even said to Alan, I said the targets on this range are a bit too small for what we're doing today. Oh, I know. You know, <laughs> but I mean that was. I mean, talk about throwing it, throwing it right at it. I mean, like that's tough. Those were nasty conditions. It yeah. doesn't. I mean, those are days you don't want to shoot. This is Gen One of this system. Oh, I know. This is their first attempt. You know, it's only going to get better. 
if that duplex reticle was more of a stadia holdover, yeah. we, you would have that much Some more kind work of lattice work with, or right. grid. You need a Horus type of system in right. it. That's I what think I, that's where it'll excel. If it can go to the grid and then you hold the grid but you still have reference points, or LED, I was telling them, where if you had a little, like, it repositioned the reticle. Right, like the carrot. Like, you yeah. were talking about the colored carrot that moved around mm -hmm. inside of the reticle. That would, I mean, but you know all that's coming. Yes. I mean, you know, like, my big bitch was, well, the freaking duplex is way too fat. Yes, like, I it was, is. It was, it, but it's a hunting thing. Yeah, it's a hunting, but it kept covering your targets, which were too, I was like, <laughs> I was like, Jesus, I can't see the target through the duplex reticle. Fine it up a little bit, you know, give me a thin line with some lattice in mm -hmm. there. And I was like, but like Gen 2, Gen 3 on this thing, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's going to be real. And you know, like I said, the app, or, the app's telling yeah. If you go, it's free. If you guys kind of want to play with it, yeah. you can go download the SIG BDX app because yeah. it doesn't cost it. Well, you may not be able to pair it right now. It's friggin' got a lot of functionality in the app and the app runs the system. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can change all your settings and do all that stuff inside the app. Well, one of the things that I thought was kind of cool is when I was on glass watching Adam shoot, he's shooting the Bergara in 6.5. And I just wanted to actually watch the real-time updates on the app where it gave my actual holdover numbers versus, you know, he's seeing the correct the position of the dot. Right. But I'm like, oh, those are the real numbers and they're all show like... Yeah, because it's telling you 13 MOA yeah, for 13, this yeah. and, and all that. Yeah. So it's showing you all your data. But in the scope, you got your, I mean, your capped windage, capped elevation, you're all good. And it's got 20 minutes of adjustment in the um, elevation that I saw. I don't think it multi-revs, but I saw up to 20... Uh, um, that you can do, but um, it, it, all you're seeing is the dots, but the yeah. data is in your software. Oh yeah, I mean it was it was an impressive system. I mean, our first like I should tell them the the story about my first customer here who came and bought it, and it's a um, it's a yeah go ahead yeah our our, our our Tom a good friend of ours who runs a, a hunting and outfitting operation uh, up in uh, Rifle Colorado came down, bought one, went back up to Rifle. Called us the next day and said, hey, how many more do you have in the store? And I believe he's bought three or four, if you're listening, Tom. You, you, can, you can correct me on how many you bought. You basically bought us out of stock on all the BDX units. And then I thought about it. I was like, well, you're a guide and you're quite often setting people's rifles up well, that are going to go hunting. And you quite often want to avoid, you know, the Texas hard shots, you know. So yeah. you, you're, you're wanting to equip your customers in the best way possible to make the best shots. And I have to admit, he's told me sometimes some of those people haven't the best have been the best at marksmanship, right. and this is a good way to put them in a situation where if they understand the you know the the reticle and the aiming system, that more than likely with a good wind call and good data, you're going to be able to actually make those hits and extend a hunter who may only be a one to three hundred yard shooter to probably a five to six. Yeah, depending you know, on the conditions yeah, and the size of right. the animal. But now you've really got. I mean. We could take somebody off the street who doesn't know anything about what we do or how we shoot and that sort of thing and kind of explain this reticle to them. Mm -hmm. And if they've got, you know, some I basic mean, skills, they could shoot. We already do that. We're already behind somebody giving them dope. Yeah. Hey, what do I do for this shot? Now you don't even have to do that. You just basically tell them. You hit the button the dot, on the, on the, the range We'll range it. I'll do everything. When you see the dot update, the flash and update, and that dot moves, that's your hold. Right. Now they don't have to know anything. And you can run the system. You can have it trued. You run the laser for the guy. 
tap the laser on the animal, there's your dot, there's your hold, line it up with the wind, and, and it would take you two hours of, of train oh, yeah, up with to somebody get up to, to get somebody up and running on this system with no education at all, just to get them to get used to where the holds have to be. And especially inside 500 yards, it's a no-brainer, man. The thing would be a piece of cake. The funniest thing, we should tell them the story about yesterday. So when I was still thinking that the scope was truly magic, and, and I remember <laughs> taking my very first shot, we were, Frank, like, we were like, all right, let's shoot the 500, the bigger target at yeah. 500. So I'm looking at the reticle, and I'm truly lining up the wind dot, the wind dot but on the, the basically the left edge of the true crosshairs on the reticle. And I'm thinking to myself, how does this thing move the reticle to be the right location for the you know for the yeah, yeah, yeah. for the elevation you know the or you know that i'm at, i'm at you know i'm shooting you know 500 yards and i'm like how does it move well all right it's magic it just does it <laughs> so i sit there you're on glass adams like ranged it for me sent me the fire solution i hold truly the left dot i did not make my adjusting for elevation i did not elevate up to where i should have been i fire one round wang hit. i hit right shoulder yeah i hit frank's like first round hit alan well, we later realized that that was truly a magic shot. I must have skipped that <laughs> off because I was shooting, what, like 100 yards? You're like, about 150 yards low, low after that. Yeah, it was 100. Were, well, we must, we missed this. It must have skipped, skipped off, off the, the, like the 400-yard right, berm. Right. And it hit the five. And if we could have paid money for that, you could have, you could have asked me to perform that magical shot like a million times and never would have done that. But somehow, yes. our very first shot was a 500-yard hit, but it was truly Alan being totally stupid and th <laughs> thinking that the left wind dot was just where I hold. And then we, we, we Frank grabs like a piece of cardboard out of the little boxes and we're like drawing the reticle and we're sitting there talking with Adam from SIG and I'm like... Where should I have been holding? And I just like completely own it right then. I look at both these guys and I go, yeah, I, I did not do that. I held the absolutely wrong spot. I did not triangulate in space. I didn't make, you know, a grid correction and shoot there. I just shot the left dot on the true duplex reticle yeah. and somehow got a hit. So that, I don't know if we have video of that. Of that if we no, and at that point, we, I don't that, think we did. Kind of thank God yeah, because yeah. That, was, that really happened. I have two witnesses, but it was purely a lucky skip off of the dirt to get that. Because then we, I know, and then we started shooting, and every the guys were like, "Man, dude, you're like you're like a berm low," and I'm just like, "What am I doing wrong?" And that's when we had the discussion on paper about you know where where I should be shooting. Mm -hmm. I was like, "I'm not doing that," so I probably need to correct and do that. And then we started hitting, or I started hitting. Yeah, then then we were good after that. Well, but it, it's like I said, there's a little bit of a learning curve with this stuff, all electronics and all the things we're playing with. But at the same time, for a hunting system, I think it's elegant. Now. I, I compare it, like I'll talk about the Revic. I think the Revic is a bit more of a pure crossover scope because it does a little bit more than this. The turrets still operate the whole thing. Not that you couldn't do it with this. And the heads-up display. The heads-up display. Yeah. But the um the, the this is still an excellent, elegant design with a lightweight hunting scope without any bulk. There's nothing that sticks out. No. It uses the illumination battery yeah. for the thing. There's no like uh, 
uh, battery pack or There's nothing hanging on No, there's nothing. It's I mean, just in a the normal only way, scope. It looks like a normal hunting scope. The only way you know that it's doing something is you've got that blue light flashing in on the, in the, yeah, on the, the magnifier. Yeah, in the mag ring. It just flashes blue. And what did he say? It lasts 100 hours? 100 hours on the battery. I was uh, like, holy shit. Yeah, 100 hours of uh, 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 that on the work. Honestly, I mean, I I haven't said a lot, but I really like the SIG products. I've been pushing it. Even when we did the yeah. Santiago, I said, no, dude, put the SIG, SIG on, on him. Yeah. I like the SIG scopes. The the Tango 6, um, you know, and, and the funny thing, we were talking kind of, we were, we were talking a little bit of Vortex Horror Stories uh, just before we went live. Uh, I had one go down and my 3 to 18 kind of took a left turn on me. Well, when I shot in June in Colville, in my squad was Pete from SIG. So I was one stage short of ammo because I, I had to re-zero my gun oh. every morning. And I ended up being exactly one stage short. You didn't bring any extra? No, because I flew and I oh, shot. And plus, right. I shot with the little kids the day before, uh, the uh, two days before the match. Okay. We had a, a squad of junior shooters and I went shooting with them. I didn't think about my ammo count as well as I should have. I was one stage short. So I ended up using Pete's AI, and he had his Tango 6 on it. So I'm shooting the Vortex. I'm shooting the Vortex. In, in the Colville match, you had to shoot through the trees into the woods. So the targets weren't painted and were hard to find sometimes. And so when I changed over to that Tango 6... It's like, man, the target jumped out at me. Okay. I was like, it was noticeably better. And honestly, the DNA between the Tango and the Vortex are the same. Right. You know what I mean? There's, yeah. It's four and a half to 27 versus five to 30. They're the same damn scope. Right. You know what I mean? And the SIG was a little nicer picture. And being able to kind of do it in that context made me look at it. So I'm a fan, even though I, 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 it doesn't come up as often. Of the SIGs. I will say this yesterday, you know, even in our horrible conditions, I thought the picture clarity through all of the scopes that we shot yesterday, the the sight picture that I was getting mm -hmm. on all of your targets at the range was extremely clear yeah. and well lit. Like, it's a, I mean, it's a very good system. I mean, I own several SIG scopes. You saw I had that MCX out there yeah, with that yeah. Tango 1 to 4 on it. I mean, I own several of their scopes, but I mean, this... This generation of this new BDX product line, I mean, that got me. I mean, it's. It, it, you thinking? Where it, are they going? We, we yeah. know they're going. Yeah. It's just, where are they going to be in Gen 2 and Gen 3, like yeah. you said? Because you know it's going there. Yeah, right? I mean, we talked about the the floating carrot, you know, yeah, yeah. Where, where it actually moved, you know, inside the reticle, kind of like I thought when I made my mistake shooting the first target. I thought the reticle moved to, to line itself up for the correct you know, uh, distance that I was at, but I mean, they're going to get, but it's there. so simple. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. That's and, 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 and like I said, the electronics that they're using for the illumination to go down the reticle, the way they are. Oh, oh, cause the other thing, it's got the gas gauge that runs down it when you start it up. Oh, for the power, for the power. Yeah. To let you so know. The, that just think of your vertical reticle below the main cross here. When you turn it on, when you, you, you click the illumination, turn it off, everything's connecting. The first thing it does is it gives you these long dashes that are your gas gauge. Right. If it's getting to be under 5%, the thing will start flashing the blue light at you in the different lights. It's telling you so much. Well, the other thing that's cool, and we were talking about this too, is let's say the batteries die. We poop, everything poops out. 
we can still use manually. I yeah. mean, we can dial our dial your elevation. I mean, so you're never really screwed. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I like having that as a backup. You know, in my head, it just always makes me feel more comfortable because, you know, oh, mm-hmm. I got to dial four point two. Okay, well, I know how to do that. I can just spin the knob and be there a bit. But you know, like if you're in the middle of some hunt in the middle of nowhere and your battery goes out, well, right. guess what? You're not screwed. I, I will. I will tell you this: the way this system is set up, like for the Alaska guys listening, I know a lot of guys in Alaska. I would absolutely want 10 of these six scopes on the hunting rifles that show up when I do class. When I look at the hunting rifles that came through Alaska or that come through the classes in Alaska, I would much rather these six systems, I can get the guys out to a thousand yards, no problem, because I can use both the scope, even though it's set to 800 yards for the hunting side, we have enough movement in the turret where we can do both. Right. And as long as we reset everything, but if there was... These 3 to 10s or 4 to 14s on Alaskan hunting rifles with this system, I would be the happiest camper on the planet versus some of like the Leopold hunting rifles, some of the Vortex cap windage ones we see, some of the old 3 to 9s that have come through the class. This SIG is the upgrade for your hunting rifle because uh, we could do both. Well, we, you and I talk about it all the time. Like... It, it still seems to be a problem that people will spend the money on the gun and yeah. not on the optics. I don't, me personally, I don't understand it because I have situations where the optics are more than the gun. Yes. Because I understand. Well, the optic can follow you. If you're going right. to trade a gun up, you're going to burn it out. You're going to do something. You can sell it. You can do whatever. Maybe it's it, it's a caliber you don't want anymore. Right. Your optic will follow you. You can travel onto that next gun. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like. Even though Machine Gun Tours is not a true hunting desi- you know, destination, people don't come to our store because, you know, on their, I say they don't, but they still do. We get the people that have just flown into DIA. They're rolling up to the mountains to go on their elk hunt. Right. We're get, the first stop right, right here. And, and my store is right off I-70, so people can come in here. And we do have the ammo, and we do have the scopes. and But, you know, you're not going to come in here and find a nice, you know, 30-odd-6, 300 Win Mag, whatever, hunting rifle. I'll order it for you, 6.5 Creedmoor. But those people are coming through and they're asking me all the time now, like, what, you know, what should I be putting on my, you know, the, the gun? And I think now for me, I'm probably going to recommend more of this BDX system, you know, as a yeah, great it's, solution it's for the... smart system. Because that guy who's the part-time hunter who doesn't invest a lot of time in training and a lot of bullets downrange, this is a system with a minimal amount of effort. You're going to be, I think, pretty darn successful with some, you know, a minimalist set of skills here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some good trigger, trigger presses, some, you know, ability to hold your rifle and get good sight pictures. You should be able to, with lower skill set, be able to make At better. At 200 and 300 oh, yeah. yards with these things, the dots were together. So you're yeah. you're inside my plate, and I'm using a, um, a 45% IPSC are my big plates at 2 and 3. Okay, so they're 45%. They're 8 by 11. Those are the biggest plates I have at 200 and 300 yards. When you put this system on either of those, the dots are touching and are inside the plate. So your windage and elevation, even yesterday, were in the plate. So consider an animal at 300 yards. Oh, yeah. You know, your dots are together in the plate, and it's going to be a no-brainer to basically, you, you, your wind is going to be like inside that animal's back. Right. And then you're just going to hold the elevation on the heart or, you know, wherever off the shoulder there. And you're going to be touching the animal with both. 
Yeah. So it would be no problem for a guy with no skill. You know, if you got a dad, a grandfather who's still into this, who's still hunting, Christmas is coming. The BDX system is is a better, easier system for him. Yeah, we. I mean, and and the funniest thing was is when Sig came out to talk to us first about him. I really, I was interested, but not that interested, just because of what we sell here right. in the store. I just thought, well, what kind of hunting stuff am I going to sell? And then the price point hit me. It was like I was like, oh my god, that's way. You mean I? You mean I'm getting a rangefinder and an optic and any magnification? Like I'm getting those two for under a thousand dollars. That was like the magic number. And I was like, well, we got to have some here. And then I want to shoot some because I want to see how this can do. And then immediately we're talking about PRS three gun. Where can we apply this sort of thing? Yeah. I mean, a grid. All it would take would be a grid reticle with with some stadia in it. Yeah. And and you can. You can really bring this system into the next level for a competition kind of guy. You know, it, it would it would not be a problem to 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 make the the, the wind calls and bad wind because you've shot Pawnee. Oh yeah. When, oh, when, when we all shot in that crew, the wind was just as bad up there. Oh yeah. You know. And, and I and I made a stupid decision that day to shoot our our RPR integrally suppressed Ruger Precision in 308 instead of bringing our 65 Creedmoor version, which could buck the wind a little better. I was like, oh, I'll just I'll rough yeah, it. Yeah, Pawnee. Who cares? It's Pawnee. I'll just rough it and shoot some 308. I had a case of ammo in the car, and I got my butt kicked that day with wind. Yeah, I was yeah. Just getting eaten. But Miss- we had the civilized squad. We all we all squad up because we were all suppressed. Yeah, we. Were- Jody was the only one. Well, we and then took I pulled a- my. I had a spare suppressor in the car. Right. And okay. we stuck it on her rifle, and we pulled her brake off in the parking lot. And we ran over and like re-zeroed her before the match started. We're like, we don't want to put ears in. No one in the squad wants to wear ears. Yeah. <laughs> and then Adam from poor Adam from Sig yesterday. I didn't think about his gun because he was, you know, bringing, you know, his Bergara. And I'm like, well, everything I'm bringing's got a can on it. Yep. And then Adam, like, puts pulls his gun out and we're looking, oh, look, the 6.5 Creedmoor is naked. It has nothing on the end of the barrel. And you had to go rob one out of your car. And yeah, yeah, I went and pulled the suppressor out of my car. I'm like, <laughs> no, dude, you're shooting suppressed. We're like, none of us want to put ears in. We just want to talk to each other and shoot all day in 20-mile-an-hour winds and have an awesome time yeah. trying to not – yeah, it was – Enough of those goat heads. Between the goat heads and the wind, I literally I was pulling with tweezers freaking pieces of goat heads. Oh, my God. The heads. goat heads are awful on that range this year. I don't know what the hell. Like I said, the ants got us because there was an ant mound that we kept killing them. <laughs> I think they brought in all these goat heads so we would be laying on the goat, the goat heads because they weren't here last year. And this year, it's like goat head central out there. So, um, yeah, that was pretty darn funny. It was, a, it was a rough day yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like it was, you know, it was good to talk about the products, but then I was like, man, I really wanted to shoot a lot more. But it was kind of like a waste of ammo at a certain. Yeah, time, I mean, but know. we got what we needed out of it. Yeah. I, you know, I think we, I think, honestly, like I said, we were we were three for three, five for five, whatever you want to say, at five hundred yards with no problem. Yeah. Um, we didn't have any real drama there. Inside was even easier, but I mean, for a hunting system yeah. that really only limits to 800 yards, ah, we were in the right zone for it, and we just had nasty wind. Right, but it's typical me. The system says it can go to 800. Yeah. I want to shoot 800, yeah. and then I get frustrated when I'm not making the good wind call, and we're, you know, we were we were all struggling at 800, but yeah. it was just a rough. I wanted to make those hits, you know what I mean? Like, I'm well, because go- like I said, with a duplex reticle, you you are playing a little bit of space with it. Oh yeah, shooting and, in space. And you got the only reference you have are those electronic lines in there, and those only help you with elevation. Right. They don't help you with windage. So you're trying to play that wind in space with zero reference marks. Well, that's other like than I was the t- one light. 
well, like I was saying, a couple of shots I was taking on the 5.56 gun, the target was truly almost out of field of view in the full scope. I would have had to pull magnification down yeah. to actually find the target again. I was like, well, there's the top. And of on it. that 3 to 10, how much more down are you going to go? Yeah, five, right? yeah, I was like. Yeah. No, it, it, it was good. I'm glad you invited me. I was glad to meet Adam. He's, I guess, is he the Colorado rep? Yeah, he covers our region. I think he, I'm not sure what all regions he has. He's a. Uh, you know, he's in our store quite a bit here, mm-hmm. you know, making sure we have all the latest and greatest from SIG. And he was the one who uh, sent me to the SIG Chalk, Chalk event back in uh, New Hampshire so I could tour the factory and shoot at the academy and everything. And he's a uh, super good guy. And, like, we're sitting in my office that day, and he, sh- you know, brings all the BDX stuff in. And I was like, oh, I just got back from SIG. We never pulled the trigger on a BDX system. And he kind of looks at me and yeah. shakes his head and goes, what? He goes, you were just there for a couple of days. I said, yeah, but we didn't shoot these. What, what what did you think was the neatest thing you saw over there besides the belt-fed machine gun that they can't show you? They never showed us, but we could hear. I yeah. was like, what's that? <laughs> like, ah, that's a belt-fed. Um, the coolest thing that I had as a takeaway from spending a couple of days with SIG is that I personally shot the best with the M17, which was a surprise to me, you know, the the military contract 9mm three twenty base pistol, which was, I thought I would fall in love with the X5 version, you know, the more competition yeah. one. I am, I'm, I guess you can call me old school. When you put the red dots on the slides and that sort of thing, honestly, I still, it's a hindrance for me. I, and I'm not a good open shooter when it comes to USPSA stuff because sometimes, you know, I'm pulling the gun out of the holster and I'm hunting for, for the, the dot. The dot, yeah. Cause and, you, yeah, I'm not in, it's because I don't do it enough. I don't index to that same point every time. And so I'm actually faster with any guns, I swear to God, with irons. Until I lose my eyesight, you know, mm-hmm. I know I got, I'm got. i still doing pretty good. I should knock on wood here that my, uh, my I'm not. Your eyes are good, right. I don't right, have corrective that. vision yet. But at some point, I'll have to go to a dot. But shooting that M17 with its factory trigger, it I shot better. I was doing, you know, from a low ready, low two-second runs on the plate rack. You know, 2.2, 2.1, 2.2s just shooting a 10-yard plate rack with factory SIG ammo, a factory trigger, and a factory M17. And I walked away from SIG Academy going, hmm, guess what Alan's buying on his SIG employee purchase program that, you know, we get, as a gun store owner, you get like one pistol and one rifle a year. Um, That was my big takeaway. And the other thing is I I took their carbine class, a one-day carbine class at the Academy, and the chosen guns that we ran were all MPX, nine mil carbines oh, instead okay. of five fives not mcx's right. they were mpx's and yes i have a select fire mpx in our rental inventory and i've shot that and i have you know i've shot mpx's before but i never really spent a whole day shooting i think i shot somewhere probably around a thousand rounds i was going through their live fire shoot house they're they basically got a 270 degree shoot house that you can run around and shoot all the steel on um you like the nine though huh i did They've got a new version, I think, that's going to be coming out in the future. But now I might be... Like, what I've been shooting for some pistol caliber carbine courses in US uh, PSA is we also have, and imagine this, an integrally suppressed 9mm pistol caliber carbine using the same or similar technology, titanium sleeve right. uh, baffle over an AR 9mm style carbine that takes Glock mags. That's the gun that I actually have been shooting. Granted, it's... Not Speaking of, how not did you do selling some of those Rugers? Did that you sell a bunch? Yeah, we we've we've consistently sold uh, quite a few of the integrally suppressed Ruger 
uh, precision rifle kits. We sell, you know, the whole kit gun like you shot, the mm-hmm. serial number one, which is using still the factory Ruger barrel. That gun is still right here in the safe and has been abused. It was really good. I mean, we had Santiago out and he had it. And yeah. Man, he did phenomenal with it. Yeah, it's it's um, that same serial number one now has over 20,000 rounds of 308 through it. And we probably need to go. <laughs> so machine gun guy. Yeah, I mean, I know it's been because we take it and let everyone shoot every time we demo the gun. That gun, the gun that was in yeah, the video. Yeah, it goes to all your shows. Yeah, it you. goes to all the shoots. I let customers shoot it. I've shot it with you in a match at Pawnee. I've shot it at other mm-hmm. you know precision matches, and um, we beat the living crap out of that gun, and it still keeps on banging. Yeah. Uh, and hit, and it, I should probably go check it for zero, but last time I checked, it was like three shots touching with some 168 grain gold medal match, which was my reference point because I never have time to load for that. But we're also still selling a ton of the upgrade kits. And those upgrade kits, the, my only issue has been getting the barrels from Proof because we're using their steel yeah. because we need the steel because we can't use the carbon fiber because our barrel nut system. Yeah, and plus the, it's too hot. You can't have the carbon fiber yeah. in the heat of the suppressor. People keep asking for it, but I just can't. We can't do it. So we just got in another batch of 6.5 Creedmoor um, barrels from Proof that we're able to use in our upgrade kits for people that still have RPRs. We have done a few of the 6mm Creedmoors for a couple customers. We've had a few people ask about 260, but that hasn't been super popular. We mainly sell the 6.5 yeah. Creedmoor proof upgrade kits and the, the uh, 308 proof upgrade kits. I mean, you can almost think about it with a cop thing, too, man. If they need, like, one of those completely integrated silence things, because it folds up, it can come, you know, it's We also thing. did a shorter version of it. Did where you? we chopped one of the 308 barrels down and did, I think, the overall length of the whole gun integrally suppressed. The barrel, at least, was like 20 inches. Okay. So we built a couple of those for some of our law enforcement customers that exactly wanted a very compact foldable stock rpr 308 subsonic ammo mm-hmm. i kind of atomic was really good we shot that atomic actually groups pretty darn good yeah yeah we i've had that's the ammo that if i'm going to shoot subsonic and I actually want to hit things that's the ammo that i've been shooting granted i never really push it beyond 200 it really yeah i mean it, it, drop it drops like yeah, i don't know like a rock like, yeah, yeah. yeah like 10 15 but that atomic feet. was really good when we shot it i mean it grouped well at everything yeah and they're was, using well they're using sierra bullets i think yeah. it's a what a one is it a 175 is that still jared johnson part of that i don't I, he used to be something with it i they're in arizona yeah he's they're arizona in, yeah, state in, yeah. uh, training and all but he i was forget with the Leopold owner's name the, yeah, yeah. I, i've talked to him a bunch of times and I believe they're even, and if they haven't already done it, I believe they're even coming out with a 6.5 Creedmoor subsonic. Oh, they do a lot of ammo. Yeah. I know. I've seen Atomic in Alaska. Yeah. You it's, know, it's, been, it's everywhere. It's been super accurate. It's it's all, like, it's what I stock here in the store. It's what I sell. It's mm-hmm. what I shoot. It's what I use. Yeah. Um, I haven't found anybody for actual accuracy that does better than them. That's, for me, that's, yeah, I even their 5.56 five, subsonic. Without going to the big dollar with Lapua. Lapua yeah. subsonics, like, stupid money. Yeah, the Atomic is affordable, and mm-hmm. and like I also don't get a lot of lot variation. Nice. I'll, I'll buy you know a, a thousands of rounds of it. I'll pick you know one lot, go check the zero like with one of our integrally suppressed RPRs, then go shoot you know a thousand rounds of it through it, and then go back and that I still you know change to a different box of it, and I'm still getting the same accuracy with that with their uh, subs. So, um, but yeah, the um, integrally suppressed Rugers have been. I mean, I just. 
bang for your buck. It's just a. It's, it's a, fun, man. It's, it's a great. You, you got a covert for, and you you based it off my AI. Remember you were telling well, me. Well, yeah. That. I mean, the whole story on that gun is I did the transfer to you. That was like back in the way. Four, 2004. You, you're like, I'm getting this AI covert. And I remember like, do it when that, you know, it shows up in the Samsonite freaking case. And I'm like, I open it up as your class three dealer and just go, holy cow, this is cool as crap. Yeah. I, like I want, I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah, but you're Frank, an NFA guy. You're a right, fan. Right. I open up the case and I'm like, this is pretty cool. Like I want one. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, it's kind of expensive. I was like, it probably, I want one, but I probably shouldn't have one, you know, but yeah. But, like, the whole genesis with, like, the RPR was, like, an AI covert-esque system. Right. But in a price point that's every day manageable to every man, woman, and child, it's not 8 to 10K. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. you know, we're selling we're selling the whole rifle for, what, $26.99, sub 3K with your transfer tax? You know what I mean? Your $200. Yeah. Yeah. It's much more affordable and it's much more practical. You know what I mean? Right. Than the AI. Yeah. Sure. And I mean, and you're using PMAGs, you know, so the fact that you can go out and buy a mag pull freaking, you know, 10 round mag and shove mm-hmm. it in your RPR, it's not, it's cost effective for the, the average person. We need person. some mag pull. We need better Valkyrie. Mags for the two two four. Yeah, I, I have a problem with those six eights, man. I need a mag pull mag that fits them. I actually load my my six eight mags with up like with the nose up. So I put them in and I make sure they're vertical. Yeah, and I, so they fall down the way they're supposed to because if you don't, they're too loose in there to me. Yeah. I'm not a fan of for this. six eight SPC. Yeah, but the mag yeah. you're using the mag for the Valkyrie and the Valkyrie still doesn't. Fit you know right. what? I I use the PRI mags. Is that? It might be the metal one. That's the yeah, one the I'm using. Me- oh, is it? That's the one I'm mean. I'm not a fan of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's the only one I've ever had. So. Yeah. But I need a Magpul one that holds them better. Well, you need the Magpul needs to listen to this. And, and I'll go to call Jimmy and the hey. You, you can go. You, you know who to call. You, <laughs> you, you, you know a few people in this industry, Frank. It's not like that was, that was the funniest day when Adam was sitting in my office and I, w- I was complaining that I got back from the SIG Academy and all, you guys spent this money, sent me there. I had a great time, never shot the BDX. And he's like, well, I can get some units. And he goes, well, where could we go shoot far? And I was like, and I'm sitting in my office. I was like, well, let me text Frank. And I was like, he's like, he's like, Frank? I was like, you know the guy who runs Sniper's Hide, Frank Galley, that guy. And he's like, you know him? I was like, oh, Frank's a friend of mine. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I like, you know, he's got a, his own private range. You know, if you ever watch, you know, the Sniper Hide, you know, Sniper's mm-hmm. Hide videos, he's shooting his place. He's like, well, you could get us out there. And I was like, well, Frank. Frank wants to go. We'll go. Like it's up to him. And and like you, we're sitting there, and I'm texting him, and he's like, "Okay, we'll go next week." And and Adam just kind of like whips his head and looks at me, and he goes, "We're gonna go shoot with him." I was like, "Yeah, we'll go make a video for yeah. Sniper's Hide." I was like, "I haven't seen anything on Sniper's Hide on the BDX. He's as curious as I am." I said, yeah. "We're both in the same boat. We want to see what the system can do because both of us are interested. Like, exactly. is this something we should have? Like, and my thing was, I'm selling this. My customers are telling it's good." I'm a true believer. You know how I am with this store. Mm-hmm. We basically sell things that Alan likes. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. you're, you're not coming in here buying a high point. I'm sorry. We're, we're like, there's a bunch of people that I am not going to sell their products because I don't believe in them. I don't own them. The one cool thing, you know, with, with my employees is they get to go out and shoot with the boss. So I said to everybody when I came back last night from shooting, you know, the BDX with you, I said to everybody, I said, we're keeping these guns set up exactly like it, like they are. The Scar 17, my personal one's going to have this BDX on it. Uh, my custom uh, mm-hmm. 2A armament, lightweight build AR for three gun. 
uh, and tax scope, it's going to stay like that because I want you guys to go out next time I take the employees out for a range day. Yeah. I said, I had so much fun with this. Imagine what it would be like with a lower wind day. You guys would be hitting a lot more stuff. Right, right. right. We, you always tell we were just laughing about when, when people realize you know me. Yeah. And it's the, the, the Frank effect. Yeah, the Frank effect. They're either like, don't you hate each other? Or do you, I was like, no, Frank. Well, I was like, Frank and I have a mutual respect for each other. I said, I said, <laughs> I, I said, if I need a tune up when it comes to precision rifle shooting because it's a perishable skill, and I'll be for the first to admit to you that I forget all the things that I need to know and all the the skills because I don't do it enough in the year. I call you. I mean, that's that's why I've ha- taken the employees for their right. offsite has been a training with you. But I feel like if you need some help with some pistol or oh, carbine, oh yeah, because you're about to, my pistol shit. I would come to you in a heartbeat. Yeah, for that. I mean, but we're you know we're we both have our respectable areas that mm-hmm. we're better at, and I I'm the first to tell you I am not the best in the precision yeah. rifle. I, I, and I'm like, guess what? When we do our next employee class, I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to what you're teaching in the class as Alan's refresher because yeah, I'm not going to just sit here and gloss over it. I'm going to go, yeah, I remember when Frank told me this the last time, yeah. and I'm going to be like, why can't I remember this? Why do I forget this stuff? It's because I don't do it enough, right, you know. It's, right. It's the, yeah, you're in a different world, man. We are. We're, we're running parallel tracks just down yeah. a different street. You know? Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, like the new thing with me too, you know, like I told you, like we've talked about our, my other venture, the, the garlic, garlic side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Um, Alan's doing some video marketing stuff through a company here called Garlic Media. Yeah. And so if you're, if you need video, if you need something, some marketing, and here's a guy who knows the gun industry. So it's a marketing video company where your scope's not going to be put on backwards. Right. You know what I mean? Well, that, you know, my my first sale, you could say, on this side of the company was to uh, Jeff, the owner of, of Apex mm-hmm. Gun Parts down in the, the Springs. You know, he sells a lot of military surplus stuff. When we had the phone call and I said, hey, I'm, I'm now an executive at Garlic Media Group. And we're doing, you know, everything from, you know, your Instagram feed to full length, full motion, long form you know, movies and television, we can do anywhere in that and market it to the appropriate customers. I said, would you like to see some of our videos, what we can do? And Jeff says to me over the phone, he goes, no. No, we're good. No, he goes, it's Alan, man. He goes like this. He goes, if you're involved, I know you're not going to make me, you know. Right. It's not going to look bad. I'm not going to look bad. And so I feel like the gun industry, you know, sort of in the video production side has always been lackluster. I see it in every other industry that are doing such a good job using video to market the products. But when it comes to the firearms industry, it's so poor. Yeah. And the other interesting thing that's happened with me on the, the garlic side of the house is there's been a much tighter integration between the machine gun tour side of the house because there aren't very many production companies that do video production that have direct tie-in to a, full, to a full armory. Yeah. So if you want to rent a 50 caliber Modus and use that in your video, or like our first example, somebody wanted to shoot a rap video, I won't tell you who it is, yeah. but they needed some Mac-10s to dance around with on a hot, sexy car with yeah, some yeah, girl. Yeah. We could provide all of those between the two companies. So it's like... Perfect, right? Makes perfect sense. Right. It's this interesting mix where like, you know, like, I mean... I'm hoping to work with more firearms companies, you know, in the future, because just like you said, I have a vested interest in this space because just like you're in it, I'm in it. We don't want to make each other look bad or anything in our industry look bad because we've already got an uphill battle every day. We're fighting every day. Yeah, we're fighting every day against the liberals, right, who hate everything we do. I get... Marine machine gun tours. Oh, yeah. I'm... You got to remember, Frank, I'm... You're a precision, you know, rifle expert. 
I'm much more horrible than you. I, I am the goddamn devil. I have been told I'm a baby killer. I rent machine guns and I, you know, I give machine mm -hmm. guns to, you know, four-year-olds and, you know, let them walk out of the store with an M16 ready to go spray down the yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I brought like a 13-year-old with you and we put machine guns in her hand. And she did it. She did a great job. Yeah, yeah. She's a good shot with your, it. Your daughter had a black, dude, that smile on mm -hmm. your daughter's face that day. That, you know, my favorite part about machine gun tours or my favorite part about this whole business it's honestly going out and taking people that have never shot these types of guns that they see in movies or television or in the video games and actually putting their hands on them you know when you're sitting there and you're shooting a saw or an m60 or a 240 and you're getting real time behind that gun the smile it puts on yeah. people's faces you i mean i know when you were in the marines you got to shoot your fair share of machine guns and sure i mean you you've been there done that but when you take somebody who has no reference point, no experience, I mean, you get the same thing too when you put them for the first time on a precision oh, rifle. Yeah, and they make with a the kids in class and yeah. all that stuff. I Absolutely. Mean, how about that guy who makes his first hit behind or beyond 500 yards? Yes. When he goes, I would have thought I would have lived my whole life and never engaged or hit a target at 500. And we take them to 14. We had you at 14. We oh, take yeah. them far. You yeah. Know? It's yeah. not like we take them short. Hey, man, we reached our hour. I'm going to wrap it up so we didn't not take up any more of your time. Uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate you getting Sig out here with us um, and, and going out. We'll do it again in better conditions. We'll do a thing with your employees for darn sure. Uh, have your Christmas party at the range. Thanks for having me on, Frank. Yeah, I, I always enjoy hanging out with you. We need to do it more often. We're both busy guys. It's just hard you're to get. You're all over the world. You were, what, Norway last week? This oh, way? come on. You're always hanging out in Alaska doing cool stuff yeah, that yeah, I'd yeah. like you were to do. Yeah, you Iceland, Norway. Way. I'm getting ready to head to Belize. Belize now. tomorrow or Wednesday. You're Wednesday, going to Belize. Belize. So don't even tell me. You're worse than I am. <laughs> you got more air miles than I do. We got to hang out some more. Yep. No, I appreciate it, Alan. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for sharing. And we will talk to you later.